It's summertime, and that means it's time to get outside and enjoy the weather with some crisp, refreshing Bud Lights. Bud Light has the perfect summer lineup with Bud Light Lime and Bud Light Orange, both brewed with real citrus peels. New and just in time for summer is Bud Light Lemon Tea, brewed with real lemon peels and tea leaves. It's the ideal drink for summer, but it's only here for a limited time, so get it before it's gone. And to really get you in the summer spirit, Bud Light is giving everyone the chance to win the getaway of a lifetime. You can win two tickets aboard a VIP cruise to the Bahamas this summer, featuring a live performance by Jake Owen, and of course, plenty of Bud Light. For a chance to win, simply post your Bud Light summertime photos using the hashtags RealEnoughToGetAway and hashtag Bud Light Contest on Facebook and Instagram. See BudLight.com slash RealEnoughToGetAway for more details. Hello, and welcome to Jam Session. I'm Amanda Dobbins. Juliet, the J to my AM, is out again this week. So I am joined by a very special guest, none other than my friend and colleague, Andrew Gretadero. Andrew, hello. Hey, what an intro. Thank you. You're so welcome. I'm I'm <laughs> thrilled to have you here, in part because... I'm thrilled, too. We, we're going to talk about some topics that are really important to me. We're on. We're talking about yachts, we're talking about Meghan Markle, and we're talking about Wimbledon. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I definitely designed this podcast myself, and thank you for indulging. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But we are also going to do another installment of Mystery Bag. And for those of you who missed last week, which I, I recommend last week's podcast, but we did a new segment in which I have a guest. Last week was Alyssa. This week will be Andrew, who prepares three topics that they feel are important to the Jam Session community. And I don't know what the topics are. And Andrew, you have not told me. <laughs> and I have not. And really, the only instruction you were given is that we learned last week that the segment works best when I'm annoyed. So I'm excited to learn what's going to happen. That'll be later in the podcast. <laughs> but first, I mentioned some things to talk about. And it's really, it's summer and it's time for a celebrity yacht update. That's one of the things we do here on Jam Session. And this was a pretty high-profile yacht sighting this week. A lot of issues kind of coming together on one boat. Andrew, could you <laughs> could you set the scene for people? Sure. So we're in Ibiza. Love it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it the right way. Okay, I, I'm I'm proud of you. <laughs> we're going to go you. through and discuss who says it Ibiza and who says it Ibiza on this boat once we. It's important. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we're in Ibiza. Mm-hmm. It is Elsa Pataki's 43rd birthday. Elsa Pataki is the wife of Chris Hemsworth. Happy birthday to Elsa. Happy birthday to her. And of course, they were joined by who someone who might be Chris Hemsworth's best friend at this point, Matt Damon and Matt Damon's wife, Luciana Barroso. And they did some serious yachting. This I'm is just going to say that. It's a party <laughs> yacht. Yeah, they're going, they're going at it. I would say the yacht attire is very yachtish. I don't I'm not gonna say it's good, but Chris Hemsworth will wear a chambray shirt whenever the occasion calls for it. That's true. Also, the button on the chambray shirt is they're only <laughs> only half of them are working. The buttons are on vacation. I'm as surprised well. it's as buttoned as it is. Yeah, actually. honestly, frankly, if we're gonna do this, he could probably give us a little more to work with. But anyway, yes. Continue. And so, you know, you've got You've got your hot tub videos that I think Elsa was Instagram storying. Mm-hmm. I don't follow her on Instagram. Do you? So I think that are these, I don't either, but I, I, I do check in from time to time. And there are some famous hot tub videos from when they went skiing together. And mm-hmm. it's not clear. To, there was also a hot tub on the yacht. 
Yeah. Wow. So this is what they I, do. Okay. And then there's also some great like, because the photos we have, the photos are daytime and they're clearly in the middle of just the best birthday party. There are a lot of people, <laughs> unidentified people on this yacht. Like, let me count. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen visible people in one photo. There's a guy in a salmon leopard shirt. Yes. Who I kind of recognize, but he's only referred to as a male friend on the Daily of Mail. Of course. Yes. We are <laughs> we are using the Daily Mail here and their invasive yeah. paparazzi photographs. I have to be honest, in this case, it seems like they're docked nearby a place in, in Ibiza in the summer. So this is what happens when you go to a celebrity known place on a yacht in the summer is that these photographs happen. And what's interesting to me is that you so rarely see Matt Damon in this mode because Mm -hmm. he's really good at avoiding paparazzi photos. It's an example that Juliet and I use a lot just in terms of the extent to which a celebrity can manage their public availability and how much they're in these photographs. You think of Ben Affleck versus Matt Damon. And you yeah. have seen a paparazzi photo of Ben Affleck like every day for the last 10 years. And you don't really see that many of Matt Damon. And, you know, some of that is like self-fulfilling. But Ben Affleck goes places where he's going to be photographed. And I think Matt Damon makes a conscious effort to not go places where he's going to get photographed. Except for this yacht. Because he loves Chris Hemsworth yeah. so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I think Chris Hemsworth really brings this side out in him. I do also think... I believe that the wives are good friends. I've been wondering whether this is as much like a an Elsa-Luciana connection as it is a Chris and Matt connection. And I, I it seems like Chris and Matt really like each other. But I believe that Luciana and Elsa are a bit closer in age. And mm-hmm. I, my speculation is a little bit that they are the people who really brought this together. I don't know. I, you know, it's interesting when two couples are friends, you never, there are a lot of different dynamics at play. And it's sometimes you just, yeah. if you find another couple where you're like, I want to be, like, we both like hanging out with both of you. You know, it doesn't yes. need to go any further than that. <laughs> exactly. I think their children are also like, at this point, they are intertwined as, as well. And it makes things, it makes vacationing easy. Yeah. Let me ask you how you feel about Matt Damon's yacht wardrobe. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a D plus. <laughs> First of all, What's he's wearing all a- black. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if he was wearing black cargo pants rather than black cargo shorts, then he gets a, a full on ad. Are they cargo shorts or are they swim trunks? I, I guess you could swim in these. No, I don't know. I, you know, I, you know what? I see the photo that you're looking at as well. And that yeah. is definitely a cotton cargo situation. I hope he's not swimming I don't know this. what he's doing. Yeah. I think he would swim in these. I don't know that he should swim right. in these. I'm going to say the sunglasses for me are the real low point of this ensemble. <laughs> what is it with men of a certain age and certain level of fame and money where they cannot get to a freaking Warby Parker or any other stylish yeah. eyewear situation? They'll mail them to you. <laughs> like, I, I, they will. There are a lot of people that will mail Matt Damon cool sunglasses, and he is like, these look like 1998 drugstore sunglasses. Yeah, his dedication to looking like an old guy here is really, really impressive. But he seems to be in the mix. He seems to be partying with these oh, people. Swigging Coronas? Like, yeah. 
He's doing it. Yeah, he's he's part of it. He doesn't really look the part. Like he's when he's next to the leopard shirt guy, mm-hmm. it's just the differences are are glaring. <laughs> They're on a different look. Okay, so we said <laughs> we would do this. I gotta think that Chris Hemsworth says Abitha. Uh yeah, one hundred percent. And I believe Elsa Pataki is originally was born in Spain, so I'm guessing that she says Abitha as well. Can I tell you my my fiance this past weekend yes. found out that Elsa Pataki's name is not really Elsa Pataki, and she felt like weirdly betrayed by this. Is she, she was like, like really upset? Is she really invested in Elsa Pataki's narrative? No, not at all. She was just like, "Wow, what a liar!" I was like, "Oh my god," because <laughs> she's in because she plays a Brazilian woman in Fast Five, which is is how we got on this. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I agree. I agree that she probably says it, Abitha. Okay. And her hat kind of indicates that as well. Yes. Luciana, hmm. I could go either way. I think. I could, yeah. Yeah. She probably is aware of the correct way that it's pronounced and, you know, is going to do it situationally. And then I think Matt Damon is a strong, I say, Ibiza, I'm not doing it kind of guy. Yes. Fully. I think, like, if you had to sum up the appeal of Matt Damon over the last three years and the reason he has a successful movie career, it's because he's like, no, I'm saying Ibiza. I'm sorry. Yes. I can't do yeah. it. And he knows better. I agree. Yeah. I. It looks fun. I would love to be on a yacht. This is a great party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like a great birthday party. Where are you on hot tubs on yachts? If like So we ask these questions about <laughs> yachts without understanding. Like Juliet and I do this a lot. And it's like, well, if you had all the money in the world and no other concerns and had solved all of the important world problems and then we're going to, you know, being able to decide yeah. about yacht executions was on your day-to-day agenda. Where are you on hot tubs on yachts? So my, I mean, I'm generally a put a hot tub anywhere. Really? Guy. Yeah, okay. I'm, f- I'm fully pro hot tub. That, okay. So, I think if you have the real estate on your yacht, like, just do it. Okay. My thing is, is that a yacht is supposed to be in water already. <laughs> you know? like That just doesn't work That's for you? its thing. And I would want to use the yacht to be in the ocean and the and the open the open water. Sure. <laughs> Juliet and I had a conversation a couple weeks ago. I don't know whether you caught this. Where <laughs> Juliet was just like, I don't like pools. Uh, wow, I, I don't tough. get in a pool. But, but Juliet also shared that her number one favorite thing to do was swimming in a body of water, open body of water. So it was mm-hmm. pool specific. Right. And I was pretty horrified <laughs> about that because I like swimming no matter what. But I'm going to reveal a similar take here, which is like, I don't really like a hot tub. Out on hot tubs. Well, I, I, I guess I, I get it. I just, what I'm trying to do when I'm in a body of water is feel, you know, feel free. I've been like uh-huh. the, the ocean is mine or the sure. pool is mine. So the hot tubs are often quite small. It is. It's true. And then I know this is obvious, but they're pretty hot. You know, they are. They are hot. I, I agree with that. So I think I'm just looking for a cool down experience when I'm swimming. But, but you know, but for me, the hot tub on the yacht is just more about like we're already in water. I don't know. It seems like you could do better things with the space. I'm just saying, if you got the room, like, yeah, why not? I will say this. If you had a yacht and had a hot tub on it, I would still come on your yacht. Thank I just you. want, that goes for you, Andrew, that and for anyone who's listening. Now knowing how you feel about hot tubs. Thank okay. You. All right. All right. So that concludes our celebrity yacht update. It's been a quiet season since June. I guess there was a flurry around June and around Cannes and then... Mm-hmm. I think it's going to pick up now. I think late July and August is really when David Geffen's Instagram really starts popping off. <laughs> yeah. So we'll be monitoring that space. I'd like to move on 
to another celebrity-studded event, which was the London Lion King world premiere. I suppose the American world premiere was also celebrity-studded, but the one thing that they didn't have was Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, a.k.a. the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Yep. And so, I mean, so that's pretty exciting. We follow Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, here on this podcast. I always feel bad because I still call her Meghan Markle, but she got a title, and I suppose if we're going to pay attention to her, we should at least call her the Duchess of Sussex, but no one really knows her name. Yeah. So she had a kid fairly recently. I think she— Two months ago, still maybe yeah. on maternity leave, but they got to have a nice night out. That's great. But I want to talk about it because there was a video posted of my, uh, one of my favorites, and I believe yours as well, Andrew, Billy yep. Eichner. The best. Preparing to meet <laughs> Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Because what the royals do, this is so weird, but everyone just wait, stands in a line and the royal people yeah. like go down one by one. It's like a reverse wedding line like wedding greeting yeah you know where y- you walk in a line and you say congratulations to the bride and the groom and the mother and the father or whatever but if you're waiting and you're just sitting there and then the royals come to you and so it's billy eichner kind of looking down the line and talking to seth rogan who's not mm-hmm. pictured but it's him and he's just so nervous and he's talking about what he's gonna say <laughs> and he's just like I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's an honor to meet you. I'm gonna say yeah. it's a pleasure to meet you. I'm gonna say it's an honor to meet you. It's not like he's like running jokes, right? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. not like they're doing an improv bit. He's like, how far should I bow? Like, <laughs> should I bow at all? And then someone says something, and he's like, oh, he didn't say it. He didn't do it. Okay, yeah, so I'm gonna yeah. do this. I have maybe never related more to a video in my entire life. I yeah. I I, I can see you doing this, Amanda. I know, and but I do also want to say, obviously, if I were about to meet like Prince Harry and. Um, Meghan Markle, I would be anxious for a number of reasons, including the number of things that I've said the I've said about them in public over the years. But mm-hmm. I just relate to this in general of the anxiety of just <laughs> having to talk to someone in public and what are you gonna say? And did you say the right thing? And right. what are other people saying? I really was charmed by this because it's pretty much a manifestation of how I feel at any given time at a party. He also just, you know, his his thing is just like talking to people. Yes. Like, that's literally what he does. That's like a great Billy, point. Billy on the street, he just yells at people. So to see him have this anxiety is is really adorable. Yes. And he is so pop culturally literate and enthusiastic and never seems to have fear about anything. So to see him actually kind of being excited and kind of geeking out about something is great. He also then just bless him, retweeted it and was like, this is the most hilarious, embarrassing thing I've ever <laughs> yeah. done. I'm crying. He was like a good sport about it. Billy Eichner is also the best part of The Lion King. So oh, yeah, by far. That's really exciting. I, Sean Fennessy and I are going to do a podcast later this week about the actual Lion King, and I'm sure we'll have a lot of content <laughs> on The Ringer about The Lion King yeah. and many things you'll want to um, yell at us about. But I, I'm just happy to see Billy Eichner shining. I really am. I am too. Like, good for him. Love and also guy. meeting Prince. The, here's the other thing, though, is that like I— I would love a follow-up. I'd love to know how his encounter with yeah, Prince yeah. Harry. Yeah, it, it does leave you on a cliffhanger. I, you know, maybe he could even share something. Do you think that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have any idea who Billy Eichner is? Uh, Yeah, I do, actually. You I do? Think they, I think they both know who he is. Do I, you think that's because she knows and then told Prince Harry? I sort of feel like Prince Harry would watch Billy on the street. Here, this I was having this conversation earlier. How popular or how famous is Billy Eichner? He is the most famous person in my heart. I love him. <laughs> yeah. But how how wide is the reach of Billy on the street? 
Because of the internet, I think it's somewhat wide. I agree with that. I don't. But it, I can't quantify this. It also <laughs> feels like the most internet native piece of media that has maybe ever existed. I what I feel yep. is that Billy Eichner has kind of lived in, you know, IMDb pages and YouTube clips like the rest of us, and grown up on that. And then the way he speaks and interacts with culture reflects the way that we do. So mm-hmm. I think, which and I think he's a genius. I if you've never seen Billy on the street. Please watch it. Elena is the best thing that's ever happened to me. But I do wonder how much that translates beyond the internet. I'm like, totally. This is so speculative. But I sort of feel like Prince Harry has a bit of a pop culture funny bone. You do? I do. You think he's just like on Reddit? I don't think he's on Reddit. (laughs) I don't think he's going that far. But I think like, I think he enjoys it and... People who enjoy culture kind of stumble onto Billy Eichner eventually. Like if he's like, "Oh, I love Tina Fey." Like, okay, let me, let me look up Tina Fey. So videos. you think Prince Harry's a Thirty Rock fan? Not necessarily. Yeah, I think I he think seems, he likes. He culture. seems more like uh, an American Office kind of fan. Oh uh, yeah, that is another question. If or Parks and Rec, which Billy Eichner was on. True. I'm curious what the reputation of the American Office is in the UK these days. Is it as much a phenomenon? among young people in the UK as it is here. If you're a British listener, please let us know. But like in a, in a way that doesn't make fun (laughs) of us for all the other things that we get wrong about your lovely country. All right. We have to talk about another Meghan Markle thing. Yes. And we have to talk about a Royal thing. And this is really hard for me. And this is just going to be a safe space. I'm here for you. Thank you so much. God, I'm still so angry. Okay. (laughs) So the, the okay thing happened. And this was sad too. On Saturday, Meghan Markle went to the Wimbledon women's final with Kate Middleton and Pippa Middleton, her sister. And she was seated between the two sisters. So it was two duchesses at the final, which is very exciting. I think that that happened last year, but it's pretty rare for them to do things together. And they watched Serena Williams play in the final, who's obviously a friend of Meghan Markle. And Serena did not win, which is... The person who did one win, Simona Halep, is someone I like a lot. And so that was exciting. I think Serena kind of got shellacked. So that yeah. was tough. Yeah. But these things happen. I believe in Serena. It was nice that she made it to the final. It was exciting to kind of see Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton there together, though I felt everyone looked really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The next day, Kate Middleton, who is the patron of Wimbledon, went was there again for the men's final. She was there with Prince William, and she was watching Roger Federer play Novak Djokovic. And the funny part was then that Pippa Middleton was also back at the final <laughs> yeah. along with her mother, but they were guests of Roger Federer. Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge psychotic Roger Federer fan. <laughs> and we don't have to get into this. And I'm not like really emotionally prepared to do this. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the most devastating sports experiences of my entire life. And it took... So I can't really experience joy when I talk yes. about the other things that happened. Like the fact that Kate Middleton is just like a very clear diehard Roger Federer fan also. And when you're a royal, you're not allowed to show bias. You know, yeah. they're just supposed to like sit yeah. there politely clapping. The other thing you're not allowed to do, it's so weird watching these people at Wimbledon because they're not allowed to check their phones <laughs> because that would be so rude, you know, because they do, they have kind of prime seats yeah, and the right. cameras are on them. And that just looking at their phones, that would make them look like they aren't 
you know, paying attention to what's going on. But this match went on for five hours. It was, and they just, it took and, forever. And there's so much downtime. There are commercials, there are other things. And they're just not allowed to look at their phones. They just have to sit there yeah. and look interested in <laughs> yeah. like grass literally growing on this court. It's really funny to me. But also she was not allowed to profess bias except for when tragedy happened and the undeserving Novak Djokovic won Wimbledon. <laughs> I'm fast forwarding, but she presented the trophies for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I really just feel that the moment between Kate and Roger, she put her hand on his shoulder, which she never does. I related to her and (laughs) I felt that she was as mad about the end of Wimbledon as I was, even though she wasn't allowed to say it. And I just want everyone to know that the outcome of Wimbledon was unsatisfactory and even Kate Middleton thinks so. And that's my monologue. (laughs) Also, I thought Novak bowed to her when he went to accept the trophy, which, like, okay, I guess that's what you're supposed to do, but I found it really try hard. <laughs> She's not so, your duchess. Really try hard is Novak Djokovic's thing. I know. Anyway, the other thing, thanks to everyone for sitting through me talking about that. It's unresolved. I don't know when it'll be resolved for me emotionally. Tennis but Twitter, Amanda Dobbins. It, I, I woke up at 6 a.m. It was on at 6 a.m. on a Sunday and to watch my favorite person. There are multiple pieces of signed memorabilia, of signed federal memorabilia in my home. They're framed. We got a little like plastic box to protect the hat. That's how much I care. And, you know, that was like they ripped my heart out. It's I fine. Um, I know. I'm the sorry. other thing, the, let's let's finish on a happy one with a note. You want to talk about Woody Harrelson for a minute? Yeah. What is there to say about Woody? This was a great Wimbledon for memes, I have to say. There, it was a, it was, it was a yeah. high attent- amount of attention paid to Wimbledon, which is great. But I, Woody Harrelson was at the doubles final, yeah. I believe, which went even longer than the... No, it was nearly five hours. So I think it was like the same amount of time as mm-hmm. the men's singles. But that's a really long time for a doubles match. <laughs> and Woody really experienced a range of emotions, including not being allowed back to a seat during a point. Uh-huh. Classic tennis tournament experience. Yes. Uh, using that downtime to find a hat. Classic yeah. <laughs> classic downtime tennis experience. The gif of him showing back up, he like made it back to his seat and yeah. suddenly he's got a hat. <laughs> and then just like some really classic fifth set looking intense and confused gifts that yeah. just, and also like he had some wine, which we know because when he was denied entrance, he had a glass of wine. That yeah, just drink, on hand. Which, you know, why wouldn't you? A tremendous Woody Harrelson performance. Yeah, he, there's the one gif of him just fully licking his lips. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't not look at it, but I really want to stop looking at it. He's... I, Just to know, like, that's how you know what level Woody was on. I was gift. thinking about my psychotic performance on Sunday morning mm-hmm. and what it would be like, how I watch tennis and then having a camera on me. I sure. I would also look really nutty. It's amazing how many of the people in the stands at Wimbledon look so composed. And they're just like, oh, lovely tennis. <laughs> I mean, I true. guess they're British. Yeah. But it's really... I think this is this is a relatable sports watching showing by Woody Harrelson, if you ask me. Yeah, it's more like 
a regular season baseball game. I feel yeah. like <laughs> that or, he's doing. Yeah, I, I <laughs> like agree. Twelve or, beers later. Yes, that's true. <laughs> or U.S. Open, the, right, the yeah. tennis U.S. Open, which is in, in New York, and also like they have night sessions, so people do get a little yeah. rowdy. There are some famous gifts of Sophie Turner at the U.S. Open mm-hmm. on a night session, really feeling it. I feel like this is more of a U.S. Open performance at Wimbledon, but it was great. We he did a it. great job. He did a really We're very job. proud of him. <laughs> um, that concludes, I think that's Jam Sessions' international sports update for the summer, unless the women's national team does some more stuff on their victory tour. So thank you to everyone for listening to this exciting sports content. We're going to do Mystery Bag in just a minute. Today's episode is brought to you by Luminary, a new podcast subscription service with some of the best content around. I'm excited about Luminary because it's the only place you can listen to the newest show on the Ringer Network, Break Stuff, the story of Woodstock 1999. This is absolutely a podcast you can't miss. In 1999, a music festival took place in upstate New York that became a social experiment. There were riots, looting, and numerous assaults, and it was set to a soundtrack of the era's most aggressive rock bands. Incredibly, it was the third iteration of Woodstock, a festival known for peace, love, and hippie idealism. But Woodstock 99 revealed some hard truths about behind the myths of the 1960s and the danger that nostalgia can engender. Along with Woodstock 99, Luminary gives you access to a bunch of other original shows from innovative, dynamic creators you can't find anywhere else, like our own spinoff, The Rewatchables 1999. The Luminary app is free to download. In addition to the can't-miss originals, you can use it to listen to thousands of podcasts, including this one. Whether you're into music, TV, and film, comedy, sports, or more, Luminary has the right show for you. Check out Woodstock 99 and so much more only on Luminary. Get your first two months of access to Luminary's premium content for free when you sign up at luminary.link jam. After that, it's only $7.99 per month. That's luminary.link jam for two months of free access. Luminary.link jam. Cancel anytime. Terms apply. Okay, Andrew, it's time for Mystery Bag. I'm really excited. <laughs> this is your show. I, You have chosen topics. You've shared them yes. with our fearless producer, Kaya. Have you given any thought to the order? Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go... I'm going to do one that's a recent story. Then I'll do one that's just sort of an old thing that I feel like people should know about. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just going to give praise to something that I really like. Okay. You brought up an important note, which is the instructions I gave. It's... The topics can be of any time. It doesn't have to be brand new. It's just things that you feel are important. Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, please tell us your first topic for Mystery Bag. My first topic is Jeremy Renner's Jeep ads. <laughs> <laughs> I had a feeling. I didn't put this in our other lineup because I knew this was a passion project you know me of yours. So well. And I wanted to give you the space. So why don't you tell the people about Jeremy Renner's Jeep ads? Yeah. So first of all, Jeremy Renner, he of Hawkeye, is Mm -hmm. now trying to be a musician. Mm -hmm. He has released, I think, like six songs in the last two weeks. Uh, Six? (laughs) Heaven Don't Have a Name. Sign. Nomad. Main attraction. All right, so four songs. Four? Four. I had no idea. Yeah, this guy's pumping out content right now. Can I ask, where is he putting them? They're on Spotify. Are they really? So they're not on his, they're not just, this isn't like a Jeremy Renner app experience? No, it's not exclusive to his app. 
Okay. Which I, I'm sure is thriving. Right Could now. you describe the songs a bit? Could you just kind of like give us a sense of the vibe that Jeremy Renner is going for in his music? Do you know the band AWOL Nation? No, should I? <laughs> they're the, they're, they have I a song called... Safe, safely assume that most jam session people have no idea what you're talking about They have about a song right called Sale, which uh, it's like... Okay. That does not help. I've never heard that song. <laughs> All right, well, but I'd love for you to keep go- going. <laughs> no, you don't need me to. So it's it's they're like I guess a little like grungy. Oh no! But not not like Pearl Jam like like mid two thousands grungy with a little bit of like an electronic production going on. Oh no! And so it's that it's AWOL Nation if AWOL Nation was fronted by Adam Levine. Oh no! Jeremy, and Jeremy Renner, Renner's yeah. trying to do Adam Levine. He's got a real Levine thing going. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. I'm genuinely speechless. It's a it's a unexpected move. Um, I have to say, if you told me Jeremy Renner is trying to be a musician, I would expect some. I would think like Lumineer style, fake yeah, folk, yeah, like stadium I, I folk, something to do with. Because before this, I mean, Jeremy Renner is an actor, yep. but he also has been a contractor. He flips houses, yep. right? Yeah, and he has an app. <laughs> and I, I, it seems to be trying to connect to the people somehow. So I would have thought he was going for that, that down home, like have a Budweiser type of. Yeah, I would peg. I would peg him for like a more than words kind of guy. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you're going to the sensitive side. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought he'd be going for. But he's more <laughs> like he's he's uh, kicking ass and taking names. Right. A so bit. okay. So that's all before we get to yes. the deep commercials. So this, I guess, is like cross-promotion for his music. Okay. He hooked up with Jeep for, quote, the summer of Jeep. And the summer of Jeep is apparently him performing in the desert all of these new songs. There are four, there are four ads. Mm-hmm. They generally... Start and end the same way. Okay. Which he's is he's usually in the desert by himself wearing a long coat because that's what you wear in the desert. And he's like kicking up sand very dramatically. There are crossfades of Jeeps driving around while he's like performing a little bit. And he's either trying to get to this venue, which is really just, it's like a rundown bar that's just in the middle of the desert. Like, right. Again, it seems like Jeep also thought that he was going to be doing fake lumineers, but whatever. Continue. Yeah. Um, and so he'll, like, one commercial, he's wearing a tux. He seems to be in L.A. And, you know, he's really, you can tell that he's just not having it. Like, this is not right. his vibe. So, <laughs> so then he just gets in a Jeep and drives to the desert where all these people are waiting to see him perform because I guess it wasn't in an impromptu decision for him to go to the desert. Mm-hmm. And then he generally just performs. The performances look like a performance on The Bachelor. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That's exactly what they are. They're, I, they, like, honestly might be shot by the same people. Yes. Or that's the reference. Yeah. The which strung maybe, up lights. Maybe if you're thinking about who you're trying to sell a Jeep to with the Jeremy Renner concert performance, it's probably someone who enjoys the performances on The Bachelor. I don't mean yeah. to type type audience, but that's kind of where we are. It's 
I mean, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I have I have a lot of questions for Jeep, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess this is what they were looking for. We are talking, we've said the name of the company five times on this podcast, at least. Yes. So I guess they got what they were looking for. Totally. Good for them. I suppose <laughs> Jeremy Renner is selling his music this way, which if he wants to do it, I guess good for him. There's certainly more people who know about it now. Right. Like these, I I saw one of these commercials and it led me down the rabbit hole. Did you see watching it? On, did you Wimbledon. see it on TV or yeah. watching Wimbledon? Oh, watching okay. Wimbledon. Yeah, I, I don't remember anything. <laughs> I was that, just like, is that, that Jeremy Renner? <laughs> like, yeah. And then I went to YouTube and they've got even more iterations of basically the same ad. My number one question here, out of many questions, why does there need to be a new narrative for each of these 30-second commercials? Unclear. What was that choice about? (laughs) There's a, I don't know, there's like little stories. Um, But yeah, generally, they could have just shown him you know, uh, kicking around sand, which he does a lot of in all of these commercials. Or just driving to a performance and then performing. I don't understand why he has to be like James Bond in one of them. There's there's one where he's in a diner and like he has an open composition notebook, blank page, doesn't know what to do. (laughs) But then he writes down soldier in the middle of the page and underlines it a couple of times. No. And then he's like, good job, Jeremy. No. It's awesome. I I love it. how much money do you think he's getting for this? I don't really have any frame of reference. Same. I don't know, but like for enough, it's, it's <laughs> like too less much. Than, less than McConaughey. Yeah. As much as John Hamm for Mercedes. Speaking uh, of commercials that run during Wimbledon. Yeah, I would say he he's maybe getting paid less than John Hamm. That's tough though, because John Hamm's just doing voice work. Yeah, but it is Mercedes, so and I don't I, it's know. true. And you, he is getting, Jeremy Renner is getting to promote his music. This is baffling to me. <laughs> I, I, this is baffling, but in the interest of like learning a lesson from it, this feels just like these commercials are doing too much in a way that Jeremy Renner is just doing way too much. And I just, I need to know why I need to know who Jeremy Renner is. Is he an actor? Is he a musician? Is he a tech entrepreneur? Is Does he renovate houses? Like, I don't know what his narrative is. And that's a problem. Yeah, it's unclear at this point. Like, the town feels like it was a very long time ago. In the, it, I think, in the I mean, I'm afraid arc. it was almost 10 years ago, which is really tough for all of us. Yeah. But I just, it doesn't seem like a great strategy to me if I don't know why I'm supposed to care about him. And this is just making it far more confusing to me. I would like, if someone came across Jeremy Renner's music organically and enjoys it, I would love to hear from you. Like, please. Please let us know. Please DM yeah. me. I would love okay. to talk. I agree with that. All right. Topic number two in Mystery Bag. All right. It's another weird music appearance made by a weird celebrity. Okay. That's great. So, I'm going to take you back to 2007. Just a great, mm-hmm. good time. Tell me, where is Andrew in 2007? Just tell me a little about Andrew 2007 was my freshman year in college. I'm so glad I asked. I have a far <laughs> more vivid image of Andrew in 2007 now. Okay. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this video that came out for maybe the best song ever made called International Players Anthem. Mm-hmm. It is by UGK featuring Outcast. Amanda, you're a Georgia native. Yes. I assume the song is important to you. Extremely important. 
Even better, I'm not even better than the song because the song is the best thing ever. But just as good as the song is the music video in which, because the song, especially Andre 3000's verse, is sort of about settling down with one woman. Yes. The video concept is Andre 3000 is actually getting married while people, whether it be Big Boy or people from 3-6 Mafia, tell him to don't do it and reconsider and read some literature. (laughs) So... They're at a wedding. It's great. Um, three Six Mafias in the, are in the pews. Pimp C and Bum B are in the pews. T-Pain plays the priest. Farnsworth Bentley is in the audience. And then the wedding party. So there's Andre. Next mm-hmm. to Andre is Big Boy, obviously. And then further down the row are a couple Atlanta guys, Big Gip and Corey Moe. And there's another guy I can't identify, but it feels safe to say that he's also part of Andre's inner circle. Okay. And then in the middle of them is Lucas Haas. <laughs> Freaking Lucas Haas. Why? He, I don't remember this at all. He also, he's the only, he's wearing a jacket that says Luke on it, and he's the only person in the party wearing a jacket that has their name on it. Is Lucas Haas the greatest plus one of all time? <laughs> Definitely. Just like the guy who managed to get into the room or get into the group of extremely famous people for no reason. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. That's incredible. <laughs> Do we know why? So I'm going to try and take you through this. Okay, Because great. for a long, a long time, it was kind of just like, why? What is he doing there? Yeah. And he's, he's literally yelling, like, don't do it at. Andre sure. next to Big Boy. Yeah. And it's just like, what is he doing? If you go back and watch the Roses video by Outcast, okay. sure. Lucas Haas is one of the backing members in The Love Below. Okay. He's like wearing a sock hop get up and is dancing around behind Andre and Big Boy. Got it. Also, no explanation for that. But that you can at least understand maybe how that I don't really know how I could understand how that happened but so at least, that's right that's at least like the ins, it could be an inciting moment of like okay that's when Lucas met Andre and Big Boy and apparently okay. Lucas is just like such a good hang that they stayed people just want to invite him everywhere in December of last year finally someone asked Lucas Haas about this okay by the way I've I've tried to ask Lucas Haas about this and have gotten emails being like stop emailing me Seriously? They, <laughs> yeah. Did they literally tell you to stop emailing? They were like, no, it's a no. It's a it's a definite no. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Very proud of you. That's Thank persistence. You. Great you. work. But on the podcast, The Lion's Den, okay. which Lucas Haas was on in December 2018, they Why asked not? him, and he said, this was his explanation. I was hanging with those guys, and they were super cool. And they're right. like, hey, you want to be in the video? And I was like, all right. That is literally the explanation That's for it. everything that Lucas Haas has ever done. That's it. That is the that is the key to a <laughs> long career as I was hanging with these guys yes. and it was cool. And they were like, do you want to be in this? And I said, okay. A follow-up quote here. Yeah. I'm an adventurer and an explorer. And I like to try things. I mean, same, fam. <laughs> That's great. So that's, that's why. Great stuff. That's I why, totally I totally forgotten that. That's why. That, that's really good. Watch the that's video. It's a stuff. great video, and it's hilarious that Lucas Haas is May we it. all get to a point in our lives where our answer to stuff is like, well, I was hanging with some people, yeah. and it seemed cool, and they were like, do you want to do this? And I said, yes. I wish that for you. That's what Lucas Haas says when Leo asks him to play volleyball. 
Okay, yes. <laughs> All right, mystery bag number three. My third one, you definitely know about this. I think we can just sort of enjoy it together. Oh, that's so exciting. I would say my my favorite celebrity content mm-hmm. is Wired's autocomplete interview. Yes. If you don't know what it is, it's a series of videos in which they usually get two celebrities who are going to be in a movie together doing promo. And basically the, the way that you would type in is Jessica Chastain and then it autofills. They just print those out. Yes. They make the person answer the questions. Yes. And it's just the purest expression of these people's personalities, I feel. I feel it's the best way to understand if a celebrity is a good hang or not. Interesting. I agree with you. I don't know if I think it's the only way, but... No, I don't know if it's the only way. But they've identified a way to get past all of... The posturing and the I'm I want to give you these three quotes and the press tour of it all of celebrities mm-hmm. and have them react and it is true in that moment it's like it's it's like a Rorschach test sort of yeah. they're giving you something and it is about themselves and it's smart because there are kind of enough softball questions where it'll be like Jessica Chastain height or yeah you know Tom Holland age or something like that where they aren't too uncomfortable. But then you get a couple weird ones and you get to see how people respond. Yes. You also get to see how familiar people are with the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like increasingly (laughs) a really interesting way of understanding how someone lives their life. Yes. You know what I mean? Totally. You can, because you can kind of see if they understand. A lot of them are like, why is the grammar so bad? Right. <laughs> it's like, have you ever Googled anything? And it seems like they haven't. And yes. then some people are kind of aware of both how Google works. And then, you know, they'll, they'll bring in other stories or other internet things. And you can also just kind of see how they relate to being asked these questions or the fact that other people are asking these, these questions. It's like, if they know that the internet is just weird, they're like, oh, yeah, well, no, it's about this. They seem a lot more grounded than the people who are like, what? Yeah. What's going th- this people are talking about this on the internet? Yeah, it's really it is really revealing. What's your favorite of these videos? I have I have a list of my favorite. Oh ones. great. Tell me. The Jake Gyllenhaal Ryan Reynolds one. Oh my god. I think it's from last year or maybe yeah. 2 years ago. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds are both wearing very fun shirts and Jake Gyllenhaal is just in terms of promo he's i would mm-hmm. he's one of the best canada had sex with america and then they made the two of them and they're twins yeah and both of them tried to eat each other in the womb that but they true. didn't they survived and because of the trauma they both became actors there you go and that's why the two of them are actors and who they are i can't feel my life i'm so glad you brought this up because last week we were talking about uh, Alyssa brezna came on the podcast and was talking about an alleged Instagram account belonging to Jake <laughs> yeah, Gyllenhaal right. or specifically Jake Gyllenhaal's cat. And it was one of the craziest things that I've ever <laughs> happened had happened in real time with someone who I work with regularly and respect and think is a tremendous reporter. And she was just like, look at these pictures of this cat. They're Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> but, which they weren't, by the way. They definitely weren't. Okay. But my immediate reaction was like, is if this belongs to Jake Gyllenhaal, then it's because he's doing promo because yeah. he's so good at it he's and he really has figured it out exactly. She didn't like that. She thought that that was 
inauthentic. But I agree with you that it's a real skill he to puts, be able to— I mean, he just puts his all into everything, I feel like, and he puts his all into promo in a way that other people sort of just mail it in. Yes. He's definitely—he treats it as a performance. Yes. He's doing a thing. And so does Ryan Reynolds, my lord. I yeah. think Ryan Reynolds is basically like he does promo and then yes. makes movies in order to keep doing the promo is my understanding of it. Yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, so they're on a, they're on a great wavelength. That one is what, good. What are some other highlights? From this year, uh, Colin Farrell and Danny DeVito. How was Colin Farrell discovered? Side of the road in a rubbish skip, barefoot, just about to embark on my long walk to school in the snow. Do either of those people, well, we know that Danny DeVito knows how the internet works. Yes. Does Colin Farrell know how the internet works? Uh, enough, I would say. He does. I would have said that he has no idea but is really charming about it or his accent's very charming. He might just be very so charming and so Irish in this in this video Mm -hmm. that it sort of just comes off as you don't even notice it. Mm -hmm. But I mean, just playing those two people off each other is a a dream. Great stuff. The other one is Oscar Isaac and Pedro Pascal from the Triple Frontier promo period. Who does Oscar Isaac look like? I get David Crumholtz often. Oh, uh, <laughs> I remember who you look like. Who's that? That Muppet I told you about. <laughs> what Muppet? The, 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 the grumpy eagle. <laughs> the grumpy eagle? Remember his <laughs> eyebrows? <laughs> Malo. Andrew, why didn't people like Triple Frontier? I don't know. We loved it so much. I Anyone I talk to, I end up talking to them about it for like 45 minutes. We made so much content about it that I thought was really great. And I agree. I thought this video was so charming. It was also like, this is why you would watch Triple yes. Frontier, just to see these people interacting. Yes, it's a beautiful thing. People don't want that? I don't know. I, can't I guess if they can get it on YouTube in 10-minute increments that they don't need it set to Metallica. Though, again, that is not an aesthetic I disagree. Choice. I understand. I disagree. I disagree as well. <laughs> I thought it was really great. Any others that we should we should check out? We did. We talked about the Sophie Turner, Jessica Chastain one, which I think is an instant classic yep. for the Sophie Turner, I was a twin reveal. Yeah, definitely. And just how Sophie Turner just kind of keeps it moving. Uh, yeah, she. I, I think that's an interesting one and is a good testament to how these videos sort of display personality. Yes, it's a great point. That was when I knew that Sophie Turner was a real one. <laughs> yes. That was when I was like, oh, okay, not all of this is fake. You're just a, an interesting person. Yeah. I think that's also when Jessica yeah. Chastain learned that as well, which <laughs> yes. is what's interesting. Right. You watch it happen you on see screen. It. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> okay. Another interesting test case is the Brie Larson one, which they made her do, or I don't know if they made her do it, but she did one alone. I think I saw clips of this. Which, it it's a good window into Brie Larson. Yeah. That's the most I'm going to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, she she tries. She's doing her thing. She definitely tries, yeah. This is, this is so great. I really enjoy these videos, and I think, you know, Juliet and I have talked about them before, but I never thought about them as kind of a litmus test for whether a celebrity, like, is a good hang, is, is is authentic even, whether they can sell themselves as a celebrity. And I mm-hmm. think that's really smart. It's great. So, can, I mean, and they're also extremely enjoyable to watch, which is also nice. So yes. that's a good pick. Congratulations, thank Wired. You. Congratulations yes. to everyone who is good at being a celebrity. <laughs> and Andrew, thank you so much for coming on Jam Session. It was my and pleasure. talking about your passions and mine. Absolutely. I feel like we really met in the middle here. 
And that was exciting. And thank you to everyone for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>